Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are wrapping up our position players, and we are heading to left field today. Probably the most chaotic list we've had yet. Uh, we've been talking about it pretty much all day. I have no idea where I'm going with this. Tom doesn't know. Stevs doesn't know. How are we doing today, boys? I'm sorry in advance to the viewers. I'm sorry to you guys. I don't know. I don't know how I can put so much effort into studying and researching and still not have a list here. Um, I have a list. I'm not confident in it. Stevs, what about you? I think the big issue with this list is we kind of decided halfway through our outfielders that we weren't going to do a DH. So we just kind of threw all the DHs into left field. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of, of DHs and left fielders. So, so I think that's, that's a big, a big impact on this list. I think we agreed like before outfield that we would do no DH, but it's like, they're almost yeah, all left like, fielders. Yeah. Yeah. But like one of the guys, like I would have rather talked to him about him as a right fielder. And we talked about that, but he does have more reps in at left field. He's most likely going to play left field if he does play. Yeah. Um, we talked about this again before the episode, and uh, Tom and I were kicking it with a massive seven honorable mentions. Devs, how many did you have over there? I was trying to keep it short because you guys yelled at me last episode about me nope. me just giving honorable mentions to everyone, so I kept it with two. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, uh, I'll kick it off with a guy that's never played an MLB before just because I think he deserves an honorable mention, but we don't really know what he is, and that's Masataka Yoshida. You can't really sure. rank him because he's never played. Tom, <laughs> he's on my list, baby. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, and I will get to my explanation on him. Not in the ten spot, even a little higher than the ten spot, I would say. If we were going on his like just his Japanese value, sure, but like he's oh never played God. an MLB. The thing is, the thing he's never is, played I, an MLB. I, I Tom, did, I did a lot of side by side comparisons to Ichiro and to Shohei, and they are very similar. And there's a reason you got guys. I mean, not guys, got machines like Fangraphs projecting this guy to be very good. Um, I, I'll get more into him when we get there, but I, I think I think he at least deserves an honorable mention. Steps, are you on there? Are you on both? I, I like him as an honorable mention. I did not have him, but I do like him as an honorable mention. All right, Steve, who else you got? So, okay. So one of them is a guy that we talked about and we kind of added later was Eloy Jimenez. Um, I like him. I don't have him on my list. I think he can be on your list, and I'm gonna 100% okay with it. But um, he plays well, batted 295, 144. But he missed a lot of time last year. He played 84 games, and on top of that, he will if he's not playing DH and he is playing in the field, he'll be uh, splitting time with Andrew Benintendi. So I did not have him on my list. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I actually did not have him on my list. He was he was one of the guys that was 10A, 10B. I there's so many people I can put on this list. Um, I just see him moving to more of a DH position. And if he can't stay healthy as a DH, that's pretty pathetic considering most of the injuries come from playing in the field. Um, you just hope to see a full season out of him. I don't I don't think he talent wise is not top ten, but he just cannot stay healthy. I think um, I, I did have him in my top ten. Yeah. Um, but that's because when he's there, he's fantastic. And, uh, that's and it's also true. all his injuries have come feel, come from fielding. So I'm going to take the injury thing with a grain of salt because they remember the was it spring training when he like reached over the wall and his thing just dislocated or whatever, like towards yeah. back. Yeah. Um, I, I do have him on my list. I like him as a player and I think he's going to have a breakout as a DH, but not necessarily left fielder. All right. Well, 
that's this is going into mine. I think this is also a player that I know Brad likes, um, and I really wanted to put him on my list, but it's just too early to tell. And that's Brian De La Cruz. Looking at his stats, those are those are crazy stats. And you look at his expected stats, and they actually exceed those stats. This Dude, guy is significantly. A powerhouse. He's a powerhouse in the making. I just got to see a little bit more from him. Not not in terms of production, but in terms of actually playing more baseball. Um, this is a really puzzling top 10 list. I think he'd make it on a lot of other positions. He's very good and he will be very good. Um, just as I said, needs to play a little more baseball. Um, and if he can keep that up, he's obviously top 10. Um, uh, I, didn't, I know I didn't put him in my didn't put honorable him, yeah. mentions just cause again, I, I like him as an honorable mention though. Um, he just didn't prove it enough last year. Like the underlying things were there, but he didn't prove it in terms of numbers. And I feel like for a rookie, you actually kind of have to be there for the numbers in order to get an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, Brad, you want to bring in the next one? I I, I still got a couple more. <laughs> okay, I'm trying not to go on guys that are going to be in your top 10. So I'm going to go with more of a safe one of Michael Brantley. Um, He's a minor yeah. mentions. Yeah, he made the yeah. list. Uh, if he was healthy, he would be. Like, Michael Brantley is a freak of nature. He's, like, one of the best hitters for the past decade, like, quietly. But injuries have kind of plagued his playing time. Uh, okay, defender. He'll probably be more of a DH when he's healthy, though. Um, and he walked more than they struck out in 2022. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, the dude's like 83 years old and still producing. Um, I, I think there's going to be signs of slowing down, but I mean, even in his age, 33 and 34 season, he was still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously last season dealt with some injuries. Um, I'm going to go to a guy that I think probably made at least one of you guys top 10, if not both. Oh man, dude, I'm struggling with this one. Okay. It's Randy, a Rosarena. Um, I just I don't understand advanced metrics because he seems to defy all of them. He is so bad under the hood, but 41 doubles, 20 home runs, 32 stolen bases. Now there's an asterisk to that stolen bases because he gets caught a ton. He's led the MLB in caught stealing two seasons in a row. So does that actually make him a good stealer? I don't think so. I think that actually decreases his value. Um, I think he's fantastic, but the guys above him are just so much better and they have proved it for longer. Um and it just puzzles me why his advanced metrics don't match his actual stats. Because this looks like a guy who you think would be in like the 95th percentile expected Woba, but he is not. He's just like below average and everything. Yeah. And honestly, I was floating with him being in my top 10 for a while because the name brings a lot. Like yeah. 772 OPS looks great, but it's not under the hood at all. Uh, he took a big step back and from 2022 or 2021 to 2022. He lost 1.1 F4. Uh, again, Tom mentioned he's highly volatile on the base paths and his feelings just not good. So I did have him as an honorable mention as well. Another controversial one that I had is there's so many honorable mentions. I yeah. have one, two, three, four more honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I'll kick off to Chris Bryant. He is not a top 10 because yeah, yeah. he, he, he yeah, he didn't play and his numbers were kind of inflated by cores in all honesty. He was really good with the Cubs in 2021, if memory serves, but he kind of fell off. He fell off with the Giants. He was actually, he actually played a, a above average season with the Giants. I was actually pleased with this play in 2021. Um, Obviously he got traded mid season, I think, or am I tripping? No, he He got got traded traded from the the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. He, he played fairly good as a giant, um, but he's just hasn't been on the field as much. Also keep in mind, this is a guy who's played shortstop his whole career and hasn't really played much outfield at all. Um, I get he flexes the left field sometimes, but um, I don't know. It's just too early to say for a guy that hasn't played that much out there. Yeah. Like, he, I think he has like a career, like 
negative four or five runs above or outs above average in left field. That's just like a brief glance at it. He had negative two next year and again, a small sample size. But... Yeah, but I'm just talking about like throughout his whole career. Yeah. Um, And then should I get into the more controversial one? Go. Yeah, get, get into that one. Hop into it. it. Although this player may have one MVP award and should have two, he does not make my top 10, and that is Christian Yelich. It is time to finally admit that he is not that good anymore. He is actually worse now than he was with Miami in his final years. Uh, his defense is unbelievably garbage, and he's just not that guy anymore. I don't I don't know. I think Christian Yelich, we saw his whole career. I mean, I was looking at his run values because I'm kind of perplexed by his uh, – pretty impressive uh, percentiles to his weird um, actual stats. Um, I don't see the, I, I, well, the one thing that stands out to me is that in his biggest down year, which was last season or two seasons ago, 2021, he yeah. wasn't hitting fastballs. He was a, he's a fastball hitter since he came up. I mean, he's had, he's had a run value against the four seamer above 10, like every year, except for uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, and it seems to be back now. He's hitting the fastball efficiently again, effectively. I, I don't know if that's like a sign of him returning. Um, but I, I still think he has the hit tool and he still walks a lot. I, I just, he's not the same Christian Yelts you had before, but he still is a, th a speed threat on the bases. I think once he starts getting even more healthy, I think even last season, he was still a little bit banged up. I think once he starts regaining that health, he can be back in that 30-30 conversation or at least 20-30 conversation if that power is not there. But he's still going to be a base dealer. Yeah. Stavis, did you have him in your top 10? Yes. yes, I He's did. in my top 10 as well, actually. I, I right. completely forgot. <laughs> uh, Randy was my honor other honorable mention. So Okay. You've covered, um, covered all of mine. I kind of want to just go into the top 10. And if you guys don't mention the other two guys that I have, well, Unless you so, guys have any, like... So, Stevs, we had down two Giants left fielders. One that's probably more likely to play DH, but has played left field his whole career. And um, one that is Michael Conforto. Um, I, I think he's... Michael Conforto is one of the most slept-on players in baseball at this point. I don't think anyone realizes how good he was as a Met. Um, career OPS at, OPS plus at 124 with three 25-plus home run seasons. Uh, he's had an elite glove and speed his whole career. Um, he's... Very good. I mean, he was really good on the Mets for an extended period of time, too. Um, the only bad season we've really seen from him was, I think, his sophomore season and then the previous season, which was 2020 or 2021. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So I, I don't know if 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 it just can disappear that fast. I think in the Giants' ability to kind of tap into left-handed batters, too, um, I don't see why he doesn't have another breakout season. I mean, we, we signed him to a short deal, so I think he's on one of those prove-it things. So he, sh I, I see no reason why he shouldn't be – elite this year what, what do you think about that do you think he should be in that honorable mention conversation honorable mention sure um he's not I, in my top 10 yeah. yeah yeah honorable mention sure i think he and the guy we'll talk about later obviously didn't play in 2022 um but compared to that other guy he doesn't get the same like i guess carry from his past actions if that makes sense uh, yeah um i guess i have one more guy and this guy's not even an honorable it's like like a sub honorable mention it, it's Ian Happ I, I mean he's all right he's had he he's had like three potential breakouts and he's never actually gone through them any of them like there's been these times of flashes of talent where we're like Ian Happ he's finally here I, I think he was a pretty high highly uh data prospect right he, he was pretty he was pretty yeah. high up there so 
I, I think everyone was on the hype train for Ian Happ, and I think every year we're like, he's going to be good. He's just not that good, but he, he's he's pretty effective as a switch hitting uh, left fielder. I don't know. Um, I also had him on honorable mention. Stubbs, did you? He is my number ten. Oh, okay. Ah! okay. Is that a good um, segue? That's a good segue, I would say. Well, Stubbs, you can start talking about him then. Well, so last year he had his highest average. He batted two seventy one, a one twenty WRC plus, uh, and a seventy one OPS. Uh, he was two outs above average, pretty good. Again, he's an all around type of player. He does he plays his role very well, which I think a lot of these left fielders do. They know what they're good at. They play it very well, and they play it to a T. And I think Ian Happ plays his role very well. His percentiles are very mixed. Uh, they're not insanely crazy. They're not insanely bad either, though. Um, I, I just like what Ian Happ brings to the table. I see your argument if you want to put someone in over him at 10, but I have him at 10. Tom, who's your 10? My 10 is Andrew Benatendi. Um I, I this guy's very confusing to me because he had a he had a good season on paper. Uh I, I, but only 22% of his hits went for extra bases. I mean, this is just a singles hitter. Um, if you only looked at his last season, you'd think he's a good glove out there. Stebs, I don't know if you actually dove deep into the outs above average, but he is not a good fielder for his career. I mean, he's actually a, a below average at best for his career. Um, but he's got he's got a good hit tool, but it's just so one-dimensional. He's a contact guy hits singles, doesn't hit doubles or trade. He doesn't slug for much, and he doesn't have a good glove out there. I, there's just so many guys on this list that are better than him. And I think Andrew Benatendi last season has reached his peak. I don't think he's going any higher than this. Um, interesting. Oh, no. I, I, uh, I think, oh, I think no. Brad and I both disagree with that, but yeah, I think we'll get to that later. Uh, number 10, I had Eloy Jimenez. Um, okay. I see this guy as an absolute stud as a bat. He just needs to stay on the field, and I think – Again, we're integrating him as a DH. Uh, that's really going to benefit him. Uh, I think he's a great pure hitter. He has a really high average exit velocity, best walk rate of his career in 2022. Weirdly enough, he actually struggled with fastballs and just punished breaking balls. Um, the addition of Ben Attendee is really going to help him on the White Sox. Yeah, I, I like him. I think his bat, honestly, maybe outside of Michael Brantley, is probably is better than everyone on my honorable mentions. That's fair. Um, and that brings me into number nine, which is an exact opposite argument of Eloy Jimenez, and that is Dalton Varsho. Uh, I have Dalton Varsho at nine because everything points to him severely regressing offensively, but he was still able to put up 4.6 F4 with slightly above average offense because his defense, he was probably the best defensive outfielder in baseball, if not just left fielder. Um, it's just he can afford to regress. It's just I think that the people above him are just stronger quality offensive players, especially in left field, if that makes sense, where you can't weigh defense too highly as it compared to a center fielder. So here's the thing. I actually had, in my honorable mentions, Dalton Varsho listed as a counter-argument because I didn't think he was worth even an honorable. He has an expected Woba of 298. He's just... I think he's quickly become one of the most overrated players in baseball. I think especially... at the point six war. I know, but the thing is, baseball there's a lot of things i mean and baseball could be changing but left field is usually where you stick the worst glove in the outfield why would you put dalton varsho your best glove in left field and not right field or center that doesn't make sense to me you know you usually put your best your most talented defender and we'll talk about this more later because i guarantee i have steven kwan way lower than you guys um that the glove in left field is not nearly as valuable you put a guy with a hit tool in left field and that's just how it is i dalton varsho is just 
He's not there yet. I don't know. So the thing with war is it adjusts for position. Yeah, it, which like is- it values like some positions if they have higher offensive value, it'll give them that benefit. Like first baseman defense isn't way too high. Like it'll obviously help you, but if there's a heavy adjustment for offense, defense, things like that. And when his offense is skeptical, we'll call it that, and left field, but his defense was still so good and put up a 4.6 war, which is like it adjusts for position to make it position neutral. Like he does a pretty good job, like a significant enough good job to where it matters in left field. Um, I mean, first of all, he's only – hold on, let's see this. I, I got to see he's one young. more thing really quick. He's very young, and I think he'll be good, but here's the thing. He started – he's – he started like he started 11 career games in left field. I mean, he is great in right and center field. Why are you putting him in left? That doesn't make sense to me. Are they, they, might, they, actually not. they might put him in right field and put Springer in left. That would make more sense to me. I think, I, I don't know. This guy's just very good in the field, but he doesn't play left field. He's been a center fielder and a left fielder's whole career. I mean, I mean a, you're not going to put field. him, you're not going to play him over Kiermaier in center and yeah. Springer yeah. just kind of moves to right field naturally. I mean, so the thing about this, I don't obviously... think, I don't think having a quote on a, a good defender in a left field is a bad thing though. Like you're talking, like I understand your point, like traditionally, right? But does it really matter? You need good defenders in nearly every position. Yeah, yeah. right field's a little, right field's a little bit more important than left field though. Um, mm, I, I more batters are righty. Hmm. More batters bat right. Yeah, but you don't you don't throw you don't throw runners out at first base. You throw them out at third, and you throw them out at second. Second I, is the same. For both, I, I you think throw runners out at third. I think the corner outfields are equally important to have about the same defender. I would then say. then then look, you want to compare side by side all of the the left fielder fielding stats compared to the right the right fielder fielding. There are generally better fielders in right field, and they generally have better arm strength because obviously you have to throw runners that's, out at third. That's that's they're weighed equally in the WAR calculation. No, no. The, the war calculation you said varies by position. Yes, but yes, their yeah. their defense is weighed equally by war. Okay, so that also helps my other argument in the fact that when you have a bunch of left fielders that are only hit tools, like the, the, a lot of guys we're going to mention on this list, and you have one guy that's really good at fielding, his war is going to be abnormally high compared to the other guys because of his fielding. Because he provides a lot of value there. I just disagree. I mean, you look at all the rosters, all left fielders. Most most left fielders are not. The thing fielder. with outfielder war adjustment is that it actually like lowers their calculated war. The way it works is it's like you you find like an average difference between positions. Out or right field, left field loses seven runs of value. First base loses nine point five, and DH loses fifteen runs of value. Yeah, I mean, we look at our list. I think the outs above average on this list is probably like negative twenty, like at least. It's like, I mean, most most left fielders in today's game at least are like this. And I I, I don't know. I I I don't like Dalton Varsho that much. Although I do have, I, I'm rooting for his career to take off because I do have an autographed rookie card of him. I don't know why I'm rooting against him. I should probably root for him. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know. The under the radar, the under the hood stats with this guy, not crazy. Doesn't walk. Doesn't strikes out a lot. Um. I don't know how he hit, how he hit twenty seven bombs with those stats, um, but I, I, defense in left field is just not as important to me as it as as hitting. But it's just standout defense. That's the difference. If it was like average defense, sure. But this is standout, one of the best defenders in baseball, who has not played a single game in left field. 
who might not even I, play left field. That's what just I'm listed he, as one. He's probably going to be a. He's probably going to end up in right because he's played. Anyways, Stevs. Next, okay. We're at we're at nine, right? Yep. Uh, I went with Christian Yelich here. Again, like there's a regression. He's not playing as well as he was in 2019 after that knee injury. I'm still a believer. I still think he can make the comeback that is necessary, but I think this is the last year. This is this is it. If he doesn't perform better than or at least comparable to his 2019, then Yelich is is no longer a top 10 left fielder. Steps, it's been three years, three full seasons. Yes, but he 2020, seasons, he hasn't played all the time. And 2020 first doesn't one. really count. Uh, last season was his first year back. Twenty, How many games did he play in 2021? I don't have that up. The fact, that, the fact that he hit 44 home runs in 2017. He played 117 in 2021. That's not a full season. So, yeah. And he put up I, the exact same numbers. Yeah, in less games. I, no, I think he... I think I think this is his last season. That I think he is top ten worthy this year, going into this year, but by mid season he if he's not performing well, he's out of the conversation. He's he's in a he has elite vision at the plate. Um obviously strikes he's... out a lot, but he also walks a lot. So like it, it you're getting you're getting production out of him regardless. I mean, he's on yeah. he's an everyday player too. Um I'm just concerned about the injury obviously lingering um but you saw the the steals come back you saw his run value versus uh four seams come back i think we're seeing some signs of life from him obviously 2020 and 2021 was like the worst two seasons we've seen from him in his career power dropped speed dropped but that's more likely due to his knee injury um but now coming back into the season with a better run value versus four seams speed seems to be coming back I mean, if this guy can hit you 150 hits, steal 25 bags, and get on base, like, at, at least what he's been doing. I mean, an on-base percentage of 355 is not bad, considering that he doesn't have a high average. He walked a ton. That's value to your team, and I think that that's consistency that you'll get with him. You just put up his second-worst war in his whole career for a full season. That's because his defense wasn't there. Yeah. It never has been. Yeah, I know, but, like, this season Negative more than, five more than is, before. is – is is atrocious but yeah he i mean two in 2020 he had a two outs above average negative three zero uh negative four like Which kind of he has not to been a negative fielder just by he, one he's an average fielder i think again like i said i i mean again his under the hood stats are pretty good right like he played he plays his role very well and i think this is his last season. If he's not in the all-star conversation by mid-season, he's out of the top ten. Okay. Tom, is... did you have where did, did you have him here or did you have? Oh, him I have him a nine. Yeah, he's a nine. Okay. Which means that my number. Wait, do you guys got all your number nines? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. It's Masataka Yoshida time, baby. Um, obviously, I already hinted at this one in his last three seasons in Japan. His stats look eerily similar to Ichiro's final three seasons in Japan. Obviously, we see some translation because the Japanese league is the same for Ichiro and Yoshida. Um, and in his last season in Japan, he had almost double the amount of walks as he did strikeouts. That's something you cannot teach some of the guys in this league. Uh, he has a career OPS at 957 in seven seasons in Japan. He's a left-handed batter in Fenway Park, and last season – he posted a 449 on base percentage. He is getting on base almost half the time. 
Um, I cannot see outs above average on this guy, but I can see he has a career 987 fielding percentage and only 12 total errors in 781 games, which makes him sound very elite out there. Uh, regardless of whether that transition, whether that, wherever that transfers over, uh, he's a hitting monster who has found similar success in the Japanese league as other guys that have come over. And Fangraphs seems to agree with me on this. And Fangraphs generally knows what they're talking about because they have all of the advanced metrics. I, I just feel like this guy, especially in Fenway, I think this guy chose Fenway for a reason. He's going to hit bombs there. My worry with him is that everything has said he has no power. Yeah. And I, that his defense actually isn't very good. I I think that if he can hit if he can if he can split the gap in Fenway, I mean you don't even have to you just have to hit it off the wall or I mean he's got the short porch too. If he's going to succeed somewhere, it's going to be at Fenway Park. He's a left-handed batter who hits for contact. And even if he doesn't have that high batting average that he did, by the way, he was batting like 350, 360 in Japan. That doesn't matter. He's still going to get on base a ton. Last season. He, he's still an on-base percentage like God. I mean, he's going to he's going to be good regardless next season. I think even if he, his hit power doesn't translate over, all of the other things will. And I think he's an elite. Uh, he, has, he has one of the best eyes we've seen from Japan. I think you can't put someone who's never played an MLB in the top 10 of MLB outfielders. I agree with that. It's the same argument that we that for me with Jazz putting Jazz in the top center fielders last episode. I can't. I but can't, here's the I thing: you've seen Jazz like hit in MLB. That's fair. I I I like. I'm not arguing with the pick from a statistical uh, point of view. I'm arguing from he's never played a lick of MLB baseball. So how can you put him in over guys like Randy Rosarina, Eloy Jimenez? I mean. So let's just look here. Or Ian Happ. Um, so Shohei Onatani and um, Suzuki were both rookies of the year. They both True. came on the league with the Storm. And so if they if if Yoshida has very similar statistics to them, obviously less power, but the exact same stats as Suzuki, why wouldn't he produce the same things as Suzuki when he comes into the league? Because, I mean, okay, go look at Seiya Suzuki. I, I would have to look at Seiya Suzuki's um Japanese stacks stats. Oh. They were unheard of. Yeah. Like, they were ridiculous. Um, one second. His but, Japanese and minor league stats, Seiya Suzuki continuously put up OPS over one thousand, ridiculously high batting average, high slugging percentage, high on base percentage, and then he came over and had a mid season with the Cubs. Well, one second. We are holding. Um, Stavs is holding extra hard. Stavs. Look. Um. So his last full season. I mean, the on base tool is not as much as as uh Yoshida. Not not like crazy dip off, but like I still think that the the on base tool will be more than enough for him. And also hitting in the easiest park to hit in in baseball. Other than maybe cores, and I just, Cincinnati. Yeah, I just can't. I I I can't do it. I don't dislike the pick. I'm not gonna tell you it's a stupid pick, but it's it's not the pick I would have went with. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious where you guys are at on this. So I'll go next. I got. I went with Tyler O'Neill here at eight. Um, I mean he's a good player. He hits the ball well. Again, plays his role very well. He had 228 average, uh, 101 WRC plus. It nothing crazy. He plays his 
roll very well. His advanced metrics are actually very, very good. Um, uh, needs to work on uh, strikeouts, striking out and swinging and missing, whiffing, stuff like that. But runs well, hits well, plays very good defense, and apparently a position that you don't need to play very good defense for. Um, but again, 96 games, so I kind of want to see more games from him. Um, but I like him, so. Uh, I so, have Andrew Benatendi here. Um, I really like Andrew Benatendi. I think the signing for the White Sox is, was a bit actually underrated. Uh, people are laughing at the number 575 for him. He's 28. Um, his WOBA pretty much mirrored his ex-WOBA last year of 342 compared to 334. He's got aggressively average defense. Um, this is kind of like back on pace to what his early breakout looked like. Uh, he's got good contact with a great vision tool, and he doesn't actually need to hit for that much power. He just needs to be a quality leadoff hitter, and he fits that archetype perfectly. I I would say he's not an average fielder. He's a very below average fielder. I mean, he has a negative 16 outs above average for his career, and that's that's saying in his last season he actually went zero. So in, in his career, 2019, negative 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2019 was really the one that did the damage here. I mean, he also got 2017, which is really bad, too. I, yeah, but 2021 and 2022, excuse me, he was pretty much an average fielder. He has only gotten better defensively yeah. in his and that's career. Over the past two years. And now he's going into Chicago. How does Chicago play defensively? Uh, Besides Eloy getting hurt every other day. <laughs> I think they had, like, aggressively average defense as well, so he fits that moniker perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um. I think that he we could take, you know, the past two full seasons of defense pretty seriously for what type of defender he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree with you on that point, Brad, and that's going to segue perfectly into number seven, which is, for me, Andrew Benintendi. Uh, he plays, again, all these guys play their role perfectly. Andrew Benintendi, like Tom said earlier, is a singles hitter. Uh, batted to a 304 average, 122 WRC+. Plus. Uh, 772 OPS and 352 Babbitt. Again, we just talked about it. His defense is getting better and better year after year since he's been in the league. His percentiles are very good, um, in my opinion. Again, I'm not as good at reading these as Brad and Tom are, but um, I, I like what Andrew Benintendi brings to the table, and I like um, – I was pleasantly surprised when I was looking up and researching this guy. I I don't know. I I just I'm not sold on him. I see so much regression coming for him. I I Why? literally do not. Why? What 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 gives you that inkling? He's only gotten better. He just doesn't slug. I mean, he's gonna. I guess he's gonna hit. Same. I mean, let me check the. Let me check the. So, so because a guy doesn't hit home runs, he's not. He's not good. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, his expected batting average is also 30 less. His expected slugging is also... But think about uh, it. Slap hitters normally outperform the expected metrics. That's a lot, though. I mean, 30 ticks is a lot. I mean, okay. you'll see a guy that exceeds by like 60 later, which is another guy that I see a lot of regression. But think about it. I the, don't know. High, the highest expected batting average for players only goes up to like 300. And that was like Jordan Alvarez at 305, I think. So yeah, everyone, ahead of, almost everyone regresses according to their expected batting average. Yeah, I mean, I, I can also talk about his regression towards the end of the season. He was but injured the just, rest of that, the season. That might just be the change of scenery along with the injury. 
I just don't see how you could put Yoshida over Benintendi. I don't see how you could put Tyler O'Neill under Benintendi. I says you have to look back more than one season. Tyler O'Neill was one of the best hitters in baseball in 2021, and you're you're, you're calling him a role player after one season of injury. I always that's a good segue. called a role player because that's a good they're all segue. role players. They all play their roles seven. perfectly. My number seven is Tyler O'Neill. Um, even in his best season last year, his expected stats exceeded his regular stats, which is bizarre to me because he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, obviously dealt with some injuries. We talked about that. Um, but he has the tools to come back strong next season, especially considering the expected stats even last season. Um, even with a down season, you still got red stats across the board. He has seemingly a five-tool uh, build. Uh, he's freaking huge too. I, I don't know. Um, but he's a five-tool player in left field. I don't know. If does he has he he used to be a center fielder, right? Maybe I think when he came up, he was he was a center fielder. Hold on, I'll have to check on that one. Um, but I I know he's 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 a complete player. I mean, he's gonna hold on, let's look at the fielding stats. He was not really a center fielder at all. No, let's see. And to your point, Tom, I, I'm not I'm not upset about it. For me, Ben and O'Neill were swappable. Um, and I swapped them back and forth a couple times while I was making my list. So I just think, I think going into the season, Benintendi's better based off of last year, what we saw from them and their situations coming into the season. If Benintendi's, if Benintendi's actually good, I'll get a jersey. But this guy's just not good because I'm so confident he's not going to be good next year. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so confident. Um, so what, I went through my Brad, number Brad's, seven. Right? Brad's Eric Lauer. Tom, you are you are Brandon Lau. I'm, I'm Brandon Lau. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Mark Canna of the New York Mets. Uh, Mark Canna is a fantastic baseball player. In all honesty, he is a constant 3.0 F4 player. He's a slightly below average fielder. Let's talk about WRC plus for a second. 146 in 2019, 129 in 2020, 117 in 2021, and 128 in 2022. He's got a great run diversity, is respectable whiff rate, respectable chase rate, and a respectable strikeout rate. This is the weirdest list we've ever made. What's happening? What, what's going on? Do you guys not know who Mark Hanna is? I know who he I is. Do. I do. I looked he's, through him. He's he's it's 33, actually... and he's shown some regression. Regression. He's only gotten worse every season. His, since his percentiles are not that good. And he's consistently outperforming them. So you have to understand that is the type of player he is. I mean, so there's never been this seven at spot seven, seven, seven. Oh, oh man. Um, I mean, he does, he gets on base, which is valuable to the team, but he doesn't really do much i mean he peaked in 2019 i would say or 2020 everyone peaked in 2019 that's fact 2019 was the freaking juice balls yeah i just like i don't i don't see much consistently good he's a consistent player but that i just i would not have i I could have i could have taken i could have taken 10 to 9 i would uh, not 7 I, I would have taken honorable mention. I don't. He wasn't in my honorable mentions. And even now, ten, thinking about him and looking at his stats, I would say he's still not that guy. Ten or nine is his ceiling for I me. Mean, OPS plus has him at sixteen percent above league average. He's not that good in the field. Is WRC he? I mean, plus has him at twenty eight percent above league average. OPS I, is based on the stat. OPS plus is based on the stat. OPS. I know, which is one of the best stats in baseball. No, it's not. It yeah, um, it, it adds two stats with unlike denominators. Dude. 
I mean, the only red stat on his page is hit by pitches. This dude just gets hit by pitches. He's not, that's his big talent. He just draws he a pitches to him. And uh, on base percentage. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, uh, Mark, what are you doing on this list, man? Oh, man, I don't know. I guess he makes my honorable mention, but like, look at his percentiles last last season. Okay, he's a consistent three to four war player. It's just uh, I just I can't I, I'm okay as an honorable mention. I'm not okay. And I can't I can't give him seven, Brad. Seven. I don't want to hear it from you, Mister yeah. Torres. Okay, we don't talk about second base. That was a bad list. <laughs> right, and I I was shaken to the core. Uh, let's go to six. Uh, I have I have Jack Peterson. Um, oh, Jack. Uh, he hits the ball. He has a crap out of the ball, actually. Let me rephrase that. Can't play defense. Is much better defensively in right field, but again, smaller sample size in right field compared to left. This was a guy I was talking about earlier. Um, but batted 274, 144 WRC+, 874 OPS, 310 Babbitt, negative 9, outs above average or outs below average if you want to do it that way. But again, another guy plays his role well, hits the crap out of the ball, hits home runs, and he's back in San Francisco. Yeah. I'm a big Steve here. I have him at six. Let's stir up some controversy, shall we? Okay. No. At number six. Don't do it. Don't. Steven Kwan. Okay. Yep. That's right. I don't think that's I don't think it's that unreasonable. I no. I I I just what you this is this goes back to my conversation on Dalton Varsha. You put the best defensive outfielder in center or right field. The left field, it's just it's the spot you put the DH. It's the spot you put the big boy, or you put the slower guy. Um, especially considering you have a guy in Oscar Gonzalez in right field, a guy with kind of abysmal fielding stats. Why is Stephen Kwan in left field? I I because they're it doesn't matter. Equal. You can swap the two. I know, but it's just I don't know. Um, well, another well, another I'm thing is. The the expected his right fielding stats actually were not as good if you want to point that out. He uh doesn't have the best arm. I don't know how Oscar Gonzalez's arm is. It's but it's a good arm, bad glove. So I guess so yeah, arm. that's yeah. Yeah, that's why. So um so he has um some of the worst expected stats to regular stats I've ever seen. Um he does his job. Um the, the the expected stats are very bad. He doesn't strike out, um, walks a little bit more than average, um, and he just does not hit the ball hard. The expected WOBA is at three twelve, um, that's decent. I mean, it's not horrible. Um, fantastic in the field, obviously. Um, did he win the Gold Glove this season? Yes. Okay, yeah, he's very good in the field. Um, is he fast? Let's yes. check that out. He yeah, so, is very fast, seventy eight so, percentile. I, I'm just saying you got a, you got a guy with tools that you can work with, but I see so much regression with this guy and I don't see the, the value in left field for me goes slugging or like hitting abilities. And then it goes power that goes speed and fielding. Like he, he, he has the tools that like maybe like a second baseman or like a right fielder would need, but the left fielder, I don't know. He doesn't have the hit tool. He has insane vision. What do you guys think? You guys coming in at my that. number five, we have okay. Stephen Kwan. Um, Stephen Kwan is a slap hitter archetype of player, and he fulfills that role to perfection. In all honesty, 
Um, I mean, look at the, again, you point out the percentiles is the hundredth percentile for strikeouts and whiffs. He doesn't do either of those. He walks more than he strikes out. He's like, his vision was ridiculous. He didn't swing and miss for like 120 pitches or something like that. Uh, 96th percentile for chase. He's got 12 outs above average in left field with an average arm with elite speed. All he needs to do to succeed is to hit line drives and he hits line drives and hard hit ground balls. He, I think, I don't remember the exact episode. We had a conversation about guys who hit the ball medium hard and Stephen Kwan and Luis Arise were the top two players in the league for medium hard hit balls. So like, I think they were among the top players in baseball for players whose average exit for average exit velocity on balls, not hit hard, like 95 miles an hour plus. And if you can continue that archetype with medium hard hit balls, spray them all over the field, not strike out, be able to put the bat on the ball. It's a consistent archetype. He's proven that the defense is there. And I actually buy this at its face value. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk about him yet. I'm going to talk about Kyle Schwarber. Um, He took a step back, in my opinion, last season. He played some of the best baseball he's ever played in his career in 2021. And 2022, he, again, he's a guy that fills his role. The, Jock, him, and, of course, Stephen Kwan are um, kind of three guys that, when I was talking about that, these are the plays I was talking about. They play their role to a T. Jock and Schwarber hit the crap out of the ball. Kwan hits singles and plays very, very good defense. Um, it, Kyle Schwarber is... He's a he's a hit he's a home run machine. How many home runs did he have last year? He had forty six home runs last year, and again he's he plays baseball very well. He fits well in Philadelphia. I just think Stephen Kwan again I rate defense a little higher than Tom, especially in the outfield. Um, and I think I think Kwan's singles and his defense outweighs Schwarber's ability to hit home runs. Um, going to my number five, probably not that shocking. I think this is where we're starting to get into relatively similar guys. Uh, I have Jock Peterson. I finally get to talk about a giant, which is good. Um, it's shocking that a, a Dodger, former Dodger, comes to the Giants and suddenly is top 5% in every stat. It's it's amazing. He's incredible. Um, I'm genuinely shocked to see how good his percentiles were. were. Um, this is a guy whose expected stats don't exceed his regular stats significantly enough for me to predict any regression for him. And especially with the shift being banned, I see no reason why he doesn't elevate his game even higher than it already was. And this is also a guy who's missed 30 games due to injury. And I think without those small interruptions, this guy could have a monster season. Um, Because a lot of that success comes from momentum. He's a very streaky hitter. And I'm curious to see how this season looks coming up, especially considering the shift ban and with his health. I think Jock Peterson, yes. A lot of that success comes from the fact they only let him hit against righties. Nope. Nope. He had 57 plate appearances versus lefties last year. 376 versus righties. I thought I'd put that out there. No, it doesn't matter. He's going to be good. Also, Tom, I have a question or a yeah. point to make. You've already talked about it, Giant. You talked about Conforto earlier. I know. That was an honorable mention, though. In an actual yeah, but list. <laughs> okay. Shut up, man. You haven't talked about a single net the whole time. Okay. No, I talked about Victor Robles last episode. Oh, because he was in the the LBC he was number one. Yeah, remember when Stas had Keeper Ruiz as an honorable mention for catchers? I think I might have had him too. I think he has yeah. some potential, but like he always he can't put potential he just, at honorable he just mention. Just needs to hit the ball. Okay, his defense was actually very good last season. Yeah. Anyways, right, once, once Stevs gets uh, Stephen Kwan out of the way, we should have a very similar list. I really hope 
I yeah, I think we should. Uh, but let me talk about Stephen Kwan. I I absolutely love Stephen Kwan. I think his style of baseball and Cleveland Guardians last year in general was one of the most fun to watch. They're a bat to ball, get on base, drive people in type of baseball team, and Stephen Kwan is the essence of that. Right? He hits the ball, line drives, contact, plays very very good defense. What more do you want from an outfielder? You want a guy that can hit the ball. Tom, <laughs> I'm sorry. You sound so much like just a, an average fan that only watches baseball for power. That is that is what you sound like when we're talking when we're talking about left fielders. That is not what a left fielder is. Like I, I understand that that is what you value more, and I'm okay with that, but that's not what a left fielder is. A left fielder is supposed to do everything a right fielder can do. Same position, just on the opposite side of the field. Okay. So Eloy Jimenez would be a right fielder. I never said that. Okay. I, Eloy Jimenez should be a DH. It should be whatever. Okay. Back. That's why I don't have him on my top ten. Stephen Kwan. I love Stephen Kwan. I expect him to replicate, probably not perfectly, um, this next season, but replicate something similar to his last season, which is why I have him over Schwarber and Jock. So. I have Kyle Schwarber at number four. Um, Kyle Schwarber had a 355 Woba, which is already elite in itself, and he was supposed to be 20 points better. Uh, his walk rate was in the 94th percentile. Uh, and Stevs, you have this whole this whole left fielder archetype, but you forget we put DHs in here too. That is true. And Kyle Schwarber is a much better hitter than Stephen Kwan, uh, who produces for more power hits the ball harder, launches the ball for one, walks at a higher rate, more quality hitter. His defense is abysmal. Um, But Kyle Schwarber, in a bad season, was still fantastic. He put up 46 bombs, which has more face value than Stephen Kwan sometimes. It depends on what you're looking for, obviously. Um, But, like, I I like Kyle Schwarber. I think that his value outweighs Stephen Kwan's, especially in the fact that Sometimes you need a star, and Kyle Schwarber kind of now fills that shoe. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, Brad. I mean, so Kyle Schwarber's like the reincarnation of Babe Ruth. He's kind of just there. I mean, there's not much to talk about this guy. He's very, you know, he's just he's very one dimensional. He hits baseballs far, not incredibly often, but they they go very far when he does hit them. I mean, 55 percent of his hits go for extra bases. He's just a slugger, and. This is kind of like the mold for left field. I feel like is kind of like a guy like this. He doesn't, he strikes out a ton, but he also walks a ton. We saw him hit for some average in 2021, but that kind of went down the drain last year. I think his best play, and this is kind of a hot take, but he, I think the best play we've ever seen from Kyle Schroeder was on the Nats before yeah. he got traded. But I think I, him, what was it? Him in June. Him in June is like another monster. Yeah, he, he was better balls. on the Red Sox last year. Less sample Again, size. Again, less, yeah, smaller sample size. The June was crazy. Kyle Schwarber in the month of June, and also Brian Reynolds in the month of June. Love me some Brian Reynolds, baby. Hold on. Let me, let me look at his splits really quick. Keep talking about him real quick. I So, okay, so to your point, Brad, I, I'm not angry or I'm not upset if you put Schwarber over Quan. I'm not upset if you put Quan over Schwarber. For me, I want – I value defense slightly more. Um, I love Kyle Schwarber. There's probably a little bit of saltiness in me picking Quan over Schwarber because the Nats decided to trade him and then he went to the freaking Phillies like every national does. But um, yeah, that's all I have to say about Schwarber and Quan. 
the yeah, thing, I got the the thing there is like the reason I have my list. I have Peterson six, Quan five, Schwarber four. Schwarber hits for both sides, and he doesn't get pulled when it gets difficult for him. Unlike Peterson, okay. And Schwarber, if Peterson could hit against both sides, then he would probably be better than Quan. But Quan does hit against both sides, and he plays good defense, so therefore he has more value than Peterson, but not as much as Schwarber being able to hit against both sides. Yeah, and I think I think this season will definitely be more of a test for Jock because I mean, if he if if he was just facing righties, I think he's going to get better. But I think as a DH or as a left fielder for our team, I think he's going to be seeing a lot more pitching. Uh, I'm curious if he can actually play a whole season without getting injured. But I I think I think it might. It, I'm not biased. I'm not biased. But back to my back to my thing on Kyle Schwarber. He hit 16 home runs with an 11.22 OPS in June in 2021, and then this season this season in June. He hit uh, 12 home runs with a 10.65 OPS. So every time, uh, every time month is June, just watch out for Kyle Schwarber. Don't pitch to him as much. Um, Brad Stavs, we should be relatively on the same page now. Yeah. Right. Okay. Should be. Wait, no, no, you guys are gonna mess this up. Wait. Nope. Brad, Tom, you bring, go first. Bring, Tom, bring you go first. Three. Nope. Tom, Tom, bring us in. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Number three is Taylor Ward. Is that correct? Let's that go. Crazy. I knew it was right. Okay. This guy had a monster breakout season. Uh, and seeing that his expected stats back that up, uh, I don't see him turning back. He is a strange case. Oh, my God. Loud. No, sorry. Can we cut that out? My notification just went off my ears. Like, ah! <laughs> it was so loud. Oh, my God. All right. Good. All right. Usually don't see guys with more than three tools playing left field. But, you know, here he is. He's got the powers, fielding, arm strength, hits for average. He got an all-around good player more so than the other one-dimensional guys we mentioned in Benintendi and Quan. That's so controversial, man. We should put gone wrong for this episode. Okay, the only thing that keeps him out of the top three is he did miss 30 games, uh, and this is the first sample size we've really seen. This. top three. No, no, I'm sorry. Wait, shoot, sorry, top four. Top two. Ah! <laughs> um, the only thing that keeps him out of the top two is he did miss 30 games, uh, and this is kind of the first sample size we've seen that elite play from him. Um, and given another season, I see him breaking into that. No. <laughs> and given another season, I see him cracking that number three spot, and his expected stats back him up too. Oh, he is number three. He is your number three. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Taylor Ward hinted at a breakout in his 2021 campaign, and he finally had his breakout in 2022. Uh, he was really high in all the percentiles. He had a great bat. His WOBA was 362, and a 361 X WOBA was elite. He was 21st in MLB with that 3.8 F4 and 130 ish games. Pretty nice. Above average defense in right field and only be transitioning to left field. So we don't really know how that'll go, but I'm assuming it'll be good. He's got like a full slash line. He's like thick. It's got average. It's got on base percentage. It's got slugging percentage. He is he is what the Angels need. He They need another player, not in that complete star category, but not in that complete role player or abysmal category like the Angels have been. I think he's the perfect player for this Angels team, and I think he will propel them forward. Stevs, what do you think? We need the Angels to play well, and Taylor Ward will definitely help that. Uh, like Brad mentioned, uh, last season he was two outs above average in right field, negative one in center field, and zero in left field, so that averaged out to a one outs above average total. Um, so again, we don't really know how he'll play in left field, um, but I think he'll be okay based on all of his red percentiles. Um, Again, these guys have mentioned everything. He batted 281 last year, 137 WRC+, accumulated 3.8 WAR, 833 OPS. Like, what What more do you want from this guy? Mike. 
Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll go into our number two. I'm honestly shocked Brad has this guy at number two. I expected him to be at three because he is a Padre. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. I can keep bias out of my opinion. Sorry. That's a lie. Uh, Fernando can. Tatis Jr. comes in. Um, again, he has not played since 2021, right? Um, and his uh, his injury kind of kept him out all most of last season. Then when he was set to come back, the steroid issue happened. Um, so he, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is such a great player. And again, it'll be a little bit of a transition going from um going from shortstop to the outfield but we kind of saw him start to make that transition uh before he got hurt and again he's read across the board 98th percentile 90 98th percentile on average exit velocity 98th and hard hit percentage 96th and x woba 100th in x slugging like this guy plays baseball better than anyone i think people are going to start underrating him because he's been out because of the steroid thing and I think he's going to come back and stun a lot of people. Even I was kind of questionable about him. But um, I'm looking at his 2021 stats. So he averaged in right field and center field. Both of them, he had a negative one outs above average. So I think at best, he'll be an average defender in the outfield. Um, but what do you guys think? Um. I think had this guy not dealt with injuries and the suspension, I think he'd be in contention for the best player in the league. I mean, he's literally 24. Uh, and this guy has only had pressure comparable to like these prodigies like Bryce Harper and, you know, going up beyond baseball, like LeBron James. Like he was like the next thing. He was like, he was so hyped up as a rookie. And what did he do? He thrived in the spotlight. And um, speaking of the spotlight in 2021, he was electric in the postseason with an OPS at 1126. Um, I don't think anything's going to change. This is a guy who loves the spotlight and beyond the mentality of just being in the spotlight, this is a guy who hit 42 home runs and stole 25 bases in his age 22 season. Um, swing and miss, swing and miss is something you get with him, but he has veteran discipline and he's got the tools of a five-tool player. He's going to be great. He's going to be one of the best. Oh God. I, Tom, I can't believe you just compared Fernando Tatis Jr. to LeBron James. What? That's See, they're not. No, they're not. Well, for, for the, for LeBron James doesn't play baseball, so that's a little bit different. No, like, LeBron no. James came up supposing to be the heir to Michael Jordan and to be the greatest b- basketball player of all time. Fernando Tatis Jr. You're, came up and was not supposed to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Now I was going to have a video of uh, Fernando Tatis dropping the ball in center field. <laughs> Fernando! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I... I Fernando was like supposed to be the biggest prospect we've had since Bryce Harper. So, and and Bryce Harper was the biggest prospect we've ever had. So for baseball and baseball terminology, yes, he was very hyped up and he lives up to the hype every time. I think he's going to have to reprove himself this year, but I I don't see why he doesn't. Brad, do you have anything to comment about Fernando? Um, at number one, I have Jordan, your dad, your everything, Jordan Alvarez, because he is the best pure hitter in baseball. Move over, Juan Soto. Um, this guy is the best pure hitter in baseball. His walkability is superb. His strikeout numbers are respectable. His defense is bad. But when your projections say that you're going to be 70% above league average, you know something's right. And he even he got better in 2022. He dropped his strikeout rate by I think like six or seven percent. 
Jordan Alvarez is the real deal. He is probably would have won the MVP if it weren't for Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani last year. I think he did finish third in voting. Um, the dude, I think through age 25, the only other players that have a career slugging percentage as high as Jordan Alvarez are all Hall of Famers. We're talking Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, you read his percentiles left to right. There are eight stats in a row in the 100th percentile, followed by the massive 1% drop-off in his average exit velocity, which is also in the 99th percentile. He's just so good. Um, he jumped from the 30th percentile, like Brad mentioned, to the 63rd percentile in strikeouts. Um, he's top 4% in walk right now. He's easily the best left fielder in the game, not even left fielder at this point, DH. I think the Astros mm-hmm. are doing everything they can to kind of preserve his health. Um he would have looked great on the Dodgers. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so but Brian they did, they the did Jordan Alvarez is so much better than Brian Reynolds, too. <laughs> oh, man. But this guy is going to be the best for a while. He's 25 years old. He is so good. Steph, are you going to comment on that? I mean, again, you guys have mentioned everything. Throw six average, 185 WRC plus, uh, 1.019 OPS and a 320 Babbitt. Uh, he had a 6.6 war. I do think with Brantley's health issues, I think he'll play a little more left field. Um, but again, we need, it's just, it's just more, we got to see this guy hits the crap out of the ball, hits the ball. Well, uh, there's not much more to say about Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, that's fair. I think Jordan Alvarez, the, the thing is, there is, there's no question. I think that was the easiest part of doing any of this for us was that Jordan Alvarez was, I think the the top three, we were all kind of like, well, those are the three. And then past that, everything went to, you know. Yeah, that was, um, that was very, I'm I'm curious where everything averages out because you got this weird outlier. I think the top, the top six, the top six are good. And then, so we have three and seven, eight, and nine were fine. We have one, two, three, four, five people that got one vote for a position. Who? So what do you? Marcelo at seven, Yoshida yep. at eight, Varsho no. at nine, Jimenez at ten, Hap at ten. Steps, you had half uh, on your list. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Oh man, it's got to be Yoshida. At I 10, didn't have. Maybe. I didn't have Yoshida. I'm not putting. We're not putting Can on the list, Brad. I'm sorry. I don't think Can. I can. Make I would part. say. I would say Eloy. I'd say Eloy or... because he was honorable mention. As yeah, well, Eloy, Eloy was honorable for both me and Steves. Mark Canna wasn't even honorable for anyone except for Brad. I think you all just didn't real. I think you guys looked at the name Mark Canna I, and you were like, no, oh. I, no, 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 no. I did no. my research. I did my research. Two two sixty six average, one twenty eight uh, WRC plus, two point eight WAR last season, seven seven. And that's OPS. not an honorable mention. No. Oh yeah, you I, were like. And then I looked at no. And then I looked at his percentiles, and I mean, his percentiles just, were nothing crazy. He. Last I'm time. not fighting for him to be in the top ten right now. I'm just saying. Yeah. I did do my research. Can't yell at me about that. All right. Don't, don't no Canna. Yeah. No Varsho. No Yoshida. No Varsho. No. Varsho didn't even make my honorable mention. That automatically takes him off. Wait. I would it? say I would say it's Eloy and Hap because yeah. oh, Tom gosh. mentioned him. All right. Let's pick a really obscure stat. All right. Hit by pitches. No, not no. That's gonna be Mark Canna. Never mind. Never mind. Not yeah. Him. Oh. No. 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 Right, no. Coming no. in a number two. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. we're going to pick a random stat from Fangraphs. I'm literally just going to scroll down the list. All right, we are going to do... Um, Why don't we just pick? Why don't we just both We just come to a conclusion? Because it's what? It's Varsho or Hap? 
God, I just think both of them. No, are it's Jimenez or Hap. I thought. Oh, oh at yeah, 10? It's Jimenez. Oh, it's Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah, I think we've all agreed it's Jimenez. Yeah, I thought there was two spots. Brad, you had Jimenez. What does the league stat do? No, Brad. No, Brad. No, 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 no. Brad, exploring. Brad, exploring. What does this what does this number do? Um <laughs> why does Aaron Judge have 1.4 of them and Paul Goldschmidt has 2.5 of them? Um what's it? Fangraphs. Fangraphs. League stat fangraphs. All right, we're discovering what this does. No, Brad. Brad I'm Brad. curious. Status, I am feeding my inner desires. It's LG. What is LG and why? How do I get more of them? Okay, so coming in at number ten, as we just mentioned, we have Elroy Eloy Jimenez. At number nine, we've got Christian Yelich. At number eight, Andrew Benintendi. Number seven, Tyler O'Neill. Number six, we've got Jack Peterson. Number five, Stephen Kwan. Number four, Kyle Schwarber. Number three, Taylor Ward. Number two, Fernando Tatis. And number one, Jordan Alvarez. I I'm not I'm not surprised. I, I just I, I there's so many names on this list and there's like God I mean I had like seven honorable Brad had seven I mean Steps you would have had seven if you didn't have to cut them down you know probably right you didn't yeah. yell at me yeah yeah but like man th- this this one was kind of all over the place and I apologize for uh, <laughs> sparking this field debate on on defense in left field. But it doesn't matter. Okay, that's all I have to say. Um, discover what this means. Um, for for me, there's nothing really crazy. I think this is a very good list. Um, nothing again. Nothing is super shocking. Um, I I think overall this was a great list, and I'm glad that our position rankings are now over. Nah, they're not. Our position. Not our positions. Is pitcher, position. yeah, no. What does LG do? Okay, so I was doing my uh using my degree in Google, and league means league adjustment, and is an adjustment made per plate appearance to make sure each league has exactly zero runs above average. So if I go back to fan graphs, it makes me think that the players who led the league probably had the most plate appearances, which is true. So I think. What the league stat does is it weighs players on the same scale. That is great. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We will see you all later this week when we come hit you with uh, just a casual update. We're going to chop up some things that have happened in the baseball world. If you want to interact interact with us at all, you can find us on all social medias. They will be in the link in the description below. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating, a review, or share this with a friend. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace.